Hello and welcome to our Christmas podcast series for 2022. I'm Joe and as always I'm joined today by Father Neil Vaney, the pastoral director of the Catholic Inquiry Centre. When I think of Christmas there are just so many symbols, so many icons, so many different images that we cling to. Um, Father Neil, what are, what, what are some of the important ones and maybe you can provide a bit of clarity as to what they mean or what their background is. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joe, because Catholicism, or Christianity, but particularly Catholicism, is a strongly sacramental religion. What we mean by that is that God's presence and grace and what he wants to teach us and how he wants to touch us is often conveyed by concrete things, which are things we can see and touch and be involved in and which become part of us. The clearest example of that, of course, is bread becoming the body of Christ in the Eucharist. Now, a number of those sorts of symbols occur at Christmas, and what they often show is how these were often symbols and signs used often in pagan cultures. And what happened was, as Christianity grew, it adopted and used and transformed these symbols and made them deeply Christian ones. A good example of that is the Christmas tree, which actually came out of Nordic uh, stories and uh, Nordic religion. And the other one, of course, is Easter eggs, which came out of, I think, France originally, and they were symbols of fertility for women and the gift of children. So what I want to talk about and explain is some of the symbols we use at Christmas and why they can be used for ourselves to bring God's presence and action to us and also for children. They are very concrete ways of evoking and pointing and showing children how God still works with us. The first one I want to talk about is the Jesse tree. And that is still used in some households. And what it is, it's a small tree, not a huge Christmas tree with the gifts on it, but it's usually put in the house from December the 1st, and then it's gradually ornamented. And what people do is they gradually put all sorts of bits and symbols on them, normally little prayers, stars, biblical verses, little holy things to remind it of what it is. And the symbol that it is, is recalling God's faithfulness to the covenant that he made to the Jewish people. And why it's called the Jesse tree is it goes to a scriptural reference, which the Gospel of Gospel of Matthew talks about uh, in Jesus's genealogy, where he came from. And Jesse, of course, was the father of David. And Jesus, of course, sees himself as the new David in many ways. And the scriptural background for that is um, a prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 11, 1 to 10, where it talks about uh, a shoot from the root of Jesse. And, of course, Matthew picks that up and he's saying, Jesus is that shoot. So in many ways, the little tree is very significant because one of the things we know now, of course, ecologically, is that trees are incredibly important for human life. They sustain us, they give us wood, they give us all sorts of medical products, 
Um, they convert gases in the air into oxygen. They bring moisture. Trees are enormously significant. And here we're saying the tree is a symbol of Jesus's genealogy, where he comes from. The second little thing I'd like to point to talk to is the stars. And they recall the star that led the Magi to the stable in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. So today for us, it can serve as a symbol of truth and the witness that can lead us to Jesus as the Christ, the Chosen One. So it's more than just a twinkling symbol in, in the sky. We also know that all the stars, there are billions and billions of them over a huge number of galaxies, and one of the things which is extraordinary, which we also know about the stars, is we know that every star in the universe attracts every other star. So in this vast, vast universe, there's actually a whole synchronicity of gravity pulling and attracting. And that's a symbol of God's love, which draws all things to himself. The next symbol, of course, is the stable. It's a reminder of the simplicity and the poverty in which Jesus was born. And because of that, he's recognized by the poor and outsiders, but not the rich and powerful. The stable is also wonderful in that, uh, in many, many pictures of it, we have different animals which are there. And that's a reminder that all creation is blessed and graced by his coming among us. And again, that's a very ecological theme. It's the idea that God is present among all creatures and among the humble animals, and therefore all of creation is blessed in itself and equally blessed by Christ coming to bless it. Now, St. Francis of Assisi, of course, in the 12th century, was the one who popularized this custom. And in Italy today, I remember when I was there for two years in Rome, everywhere you would see these cribs, some of them huge and very elaborate, and they reach out to children and the ignorant. And children love cribs, even little cribs can mean so much. And the crib, of course, is the little feeding box. And it's a symbol that God has come to feed us. He's become food for believers and that hits us most particularly in the Eucharist where Jesus becomes our food and the present given to us. But I want to finish just with a little extract from a poem by a guy by, called John Dean. And he's obviously, as an older man, recalling and as has a child, he went obviously to an old church that probably was a bit decrepit and may not have been serviced very, very much. But there was a Christmas crib there that was obviously old and run down. But as he remembers it, this is what he says, and the poem is called Before the Crib. I knelt before the crib to see the ox, watchful over the newly born, who held already both hands high in blessing. Straw leaked from the patched roof. Joseph stood bland and painted, one arm broken off at the elbow. I sniffed for the stench of cattle, cramped spaces, finding it difficult to hold belief that here is God's handiwork. Here eternity has crawled into restricted times and places, closing the distances between divinity and death, between the heavens and the run-down church. I wanted everything to change. I was a child, longing, 
but without the words to plead. The very fact that as an older man he remembers this so vividly tells him that this lesson about God among us and poverty and simplicity and even in a broken down church is still something that was very deep, very significant and very important in his life. Thank you, Neil. Uh, I'm really enjoying all the different uh, poems you're bringing into our conversations and um, yeah, all the narrative and, and stories. Um, yes, there are so many beautiful icons with Christmas, and uh, I think uh, thank you for the rich explanation you've provided and some of the background you've provided. And hopefully that gives you, the audience, uh, some inspiration as to how you'll decorate your homes, maybe your parishes or even your workplaces. Uh, community halls, whatever it might be that you have an opportunity to get ready, prepare for Christmas. Um, there's certainly different things you can use to adorn your uh, public spaces. Thank you um, for continuing to support our series. We really appreciate uh, you listening in. Um, there's only a few more weeks now till Christmas, but please do continue um, joining and hopefully learning from our Christmas podcast series.